Father, that you'd begin to walk down the aisles of our heart this evening, Father, as we, on this Wednesday night, Lord God, stop time, if it would, Lord, and step into that eternal moment with you, one night with the King. Maybe there's someone here tonight that needs that moment, and I pray, Father, that the atmosphere has been created, that hearts are open and ears are ready. And that even me as a minister, Father, would yield myself, God, to your presence. We as ministers, we can't do anything on our own. We require you, Lord. We ask that you would speak directly to every heart, Lord. Every thought. Everything. Let it be for thy glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Let's just sing a chorus together. They can put it on. I don't know if you know or not. This is called Jesus, you are. You are my comfort when I'm lonely. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my peace in times of trouble. You are the one who cares for me. You are the rock of my salvation, the one I base my life upon. Let's just worship him now. You are my comfort when I'm lonely. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my peace times of trouble you are the one who cares for me you are the rock of my salvation the one I base my life upon you are the one the only cornerstone of my heart my bride and morning star
follow your heart now. So you are my comfort when I'm lonely. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my peace in times of trouble. You are the one who cares for me. You are the rock of my salvation. The one I base my life upon. You are the one, the only cornerstone of my heart. My bright and morning star. just love that worship song. We'll just dive right into the Word tonight. We want to just uh, thank Brother Tim and family for inviting us this evening. And want to thank each and every one of you. And it seems like every time I come, I, I get to visit a little bit more with, with one of you. And I, I'm okay. Timothy said when he first met me, he thought I was stuck up. I, <laughs> I'm not that way. I'm just scared of you. <laughs> I uh, just uh, run to the car. It's just the way I, what way I am, and uh, somehow the Lord called me to be a minister. I don't know how that works out so well, but um, I just want to say that I thank each and every one of you for your kindness, and so, you've done wonderful things, and most of the time we stay with, um, I call them my family, Brother James and uh, Sister Ruth, and I got that name right, I hope, because I'm nervous, and thank you all for your kindness as well. But I just love the Lord. Greetings from Life Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas, and Brother Lewis Clark there. And we thank you also for being kind to my church folk that was here this Sunday. They enjoyed the worship. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, we'll start reading at verse 22. I've told Brother Timothy to slap me on the back when I get to an hour. I'll do everything I can to be done with that by then. Uh, and if I go longer, it's James Pilger's fault. I'm going to hear about that later. Amen. <laughs> wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, my wife's walking out. I don't know why. <laughs> For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might, this is important, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 32, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. You can be seated this evening. Here, brother. Thank you. By the grace of God tonight, we would like to take a thought entitled, Coming to Authority. And I have, uh, a couple years ago, come across a sermon that Brother Biscoll had ministered back in the 90s. And... As I was listening through that sermon, uh, he made one statement in there that just 
exploded in my heart and began to get some of these thoughts, and, um, and I trust it would be a blessing to you. I want to start with this, uh, also this quote um, in Christ the Mystery. It says, now we see the promise being fulfilled. Christ, the true headship going in, coming in his bride, doing the same works that he did at the beginning and making ready and fulfilling his word as he did at first. In John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now, this is very important for our thought. Then the head and the body are becoming one in works and in sign and in life. Again, works, sign, and in life. Vindicated by God himself through his promised word for the last days. I know that I'm preaching to the choir when I can say we are in the last days. So we see that something is not only coming to pass, but it has come to pass. And we are in the fulfilling of this, these prophecies. Now, now, Brother Brenham says, his, he, says he, has, he promised this in the last days. And he says, now, if you're spiritual, you'll catch it. Now, he didn't say if you're religious. He said, if you're spiritual, you'll catch it. Verse, uh, then we'll continue on with this thought. He says, then we can see that the marriage supper is at hand. So I'm asking you, what is at hand? The marriage supper is at hand. He says, now, if I never see again, remember, the marriage supper is at hand. When we see all these great threefold revelation, God in Christ, Christ in the church, the kingdom coming, Adam and Eve redeemed back to the Garden of Eden in the representation of Christ and his bride, and then the kingdom of, is going to be restored according to his promise. He said, praise be to God. Now by the revelation of the threefold mystery or the secret, so there's got to be an unfolding, and we know that the delay must end. Revelation 10, 7 says, But or yet nevertheless, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should. That word should is important because it is used to indicate obligation or duty. So there is a duty, there is an obligation of completion. There is an obligation of no delay. There has to come a point where there's no longer a delay, where a body of, of believers are there, they're seasoned, they're open, and they're ready for the final revelation of the Word of God, which takes us to a rapture. To be finished as He hath declared to His servants the prophets. So the mystery of His coming appeared to be hidden. All through the history appeared to be hidden but spoken through the entire scripture only to be revealed in the last time. How many is thankful that you're in the last time? Amen. Amen. And again, in Christ, the mystery of God, is said he has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. How many loves the word? Therefore, the entire Bible, the entire, not just New Testament, but the entire Bible is the revelation of God in God's mystery in Christ. The entire Bible is an expression of one goal. Mm. Hallelujah. One goal that God had. One purpose He wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. Listen, the whole Bible, one goal, one purpose. Where are we today? All the acts of the, of the believers in the Bible has been in type and expressing what God's great goal is. And now in this last day, He has revealed it and shows it. And God's help will see it right here this morning. Oh, my, I don't think they knew, brothers, what they were hearing that day. I don't think they knew what they were hearing that day. They were looking towards the fishes and the loaves. 
Come on, they were looking for healing all the lame and all of them, they were brought in. They weren't, they weren't catching what was happening. Aren't you glad that you're not just here for the fishes and the loaves? But you're here if there's got to be something within your heart. Oh man, we got to hurry tonight. In this Bible shows you not somebody else's story, but your story. You have to make it known this is my story. Come on, brothers and sisters. We, we tell our children to share. I'm going to tell you this morning, don't share it. <laughs> you got to say, this is for me. This is my story. All right, again, as we go, I, I've tried to get, push some of these quotes out for time, but I had to get this one in. He has expressed his whole thing in the Scripture. Therefore, the whole thing is already made known. I don't know about you, but how many have the same Bible as long as you can remember? And I'm not just talking about the same one, but the same Bible. But yet it's something new when God begins to move in your life. What the whole, it's already here. Everything that we need for the rapture is here. We just need it this day. He said, so it's made known. It's just, he's just sitting there. Oh, I love this. He's just sitting there watching it happen. See, no, just seeing the body be made and come back to its form, his bride again. Aren't you glad to be a part of the bride? So as we get into this thought this morning, we're not just, or this evening, we want to understand that we're not just, how many is thankful for salvation? But salvation alone, that's not what we're dealing with. We, salvation is beginning, right? It's, it's something to get us to what we're looking for. We're looking for full redemption, cleansing, full cleansing. Something has to change in us. Life has to come. There has to be life not only, well, I'm so thankful for Emmanuel, God with us, but thankful not only for that, but to have the Holy Spirit in us. Life must come. So let us look at some types for a few moments, and this scripture reading will be a little lengthy. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 4, 9 through 18, and then verse 21. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in thither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they uh, uh, be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came uh, uh, men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. Verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. I know I'm reading this quickly, and I know we know this story, but let's look at these types here shortly. And I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard... How the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, and Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. As soon, folks, they didn't see it, they heard it. Oh my, we're going to get somewhere. Didn't melt. Uh, there, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my Father's house and give me a true token. 
and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Notice her desire at first was just to be delivered from death. She had a good intention, did she not? Nobody wants to go to hell. I remember as a child, a young person, when I went to God, I went to God, I didn't want to go to hell. I don't know if y'all recall ever having a hellfire and brimstone sermon in your life. Are we, are we alone here? Well, I guarantee you there's been some that's been preached, Brother Stephen, that scare the fire out of you. The, the, the bad fire. <laughs> All right. So she was desiring salvation. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. So, and then men answered and said, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. Verse 16, And she said unto them, Get you to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you. Notice what's happening here. Notice who's doing the talking. <laughs> Hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, that thou shalt bind this line of scarlet in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Verse 21, And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. So as we find through the reading in this passage, we find that, that uh, 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 this, this woman, she was a heathen, she was a harlot, she was a Gentile, but yet she had respect for the God of Israel. Let this sink in. For the Lord your God, He is God... I believe the Bible, and when she said He is God, she is speaking from her heart, and it's not little G-O-D. She understands, she recognizes He is the God in heaven above and in earth believe. How is it that a harlot, a Gentile, an ill-famed woman is placed among the heroes of the New Testament? She had more respect for God... Not never been to a meeting, seeing the blinded open, blinded eyes open. She never seen the Red Sea parted. She didn't see the Jordan. She didn't see all of those things. But by hearing, by hearing, something struck that heart and said, He is the Lord your God. And we've got people that have been in churches, raised in message churches, that don't have one ounce of respect for the Word of God. I'm thinking, God, let us understand today it doesn't matter if we were raised in a message church. Lord, if I, if I let me be this woman that has nothing but I recognize who God is because if you can recognize who God is, God can do something with that. So how is it that she can do this? Because you find in Hebrews 11.31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. How is it that she is placed in this part of faith? Now, and remember, there, there was, Brother Branham says in the token, he says, remember there was a Gentile over on the other side of the river by the name of Rahab. She was a harlot. Poor kid was a streetwalker, perhaps turned out by her family. But we find out what, that when she sees those men and know that they were men of God, she was a harlot and she wanted to know that if there could be any mercy granted to her. 
I love this part. He says, God gives mercy to those who call for mercy. All that call for mercy shall receive mercy. How many can say, thank you, Lord? It's, listen, folks, that's not just a message. That's not just a quote from a man, but that comes directly from the Word of God. You, if you call on His name, you see, so we see the Scriptures are types and shadows of greater things to come. As we just talked about the unfolding of God, and we see, now I'm going to be throwing a lot of types in and just trying to get through this, so just bear with us. Rahab, we can see as a type of the bride here looking, and let's look at these types in her. For one, look at her intersection right into the Scripture here. She is not before Joshua or after, but right when Joshua comes in. Right at the time of victory. Listen, folks, coming into the revelation of the promise. And she didn't come in a message believer. What You say, what do you mean by message believer? I'm talking about someone that's sat in churches and seen all these things. She came in only hearing. But there was something inside of her heart that said, we have melted. Oh, my. Right at the victory time, coming into the revolution. No more a point. Now, what, she came in at a time where there was no more pointing off to the future. This is what's to come. This is what's to come. And no longer just looking back and this is, this is what happened and this is this. But no, she came in at the time of change. There was no more wandering in a wilderness. There was no wondering, trying to figure out who was in control now. Come on now. There was no more trying to figure out, well, you know, since Moses is going to know, as soon as Moses left the scene, uh, uh, the Moses, my servant, is dead. Now what are we going to do, one or another 40 years? No, it was now time to cross over. The generation that was just concerned about themselves had now died off, and a new generation had come in, and they were hungry for a promise. They were hungering and thirsting for a promise and that time had come in and in steps in an ill-famed woman. The Holy Spirit now leading. I didn't say the Holy Spirit didn't lead before, but you understand what we're talking about. The Joshua Commission is now in effect. And where are we today? Now Moses is not to be forgotten. When we, when we talk about these things, we're not saying forget Moses. We're not saying forget Moses. No, there was a song of Moses in the Bible. And that song of Moses was there. And that was to be spoken from generation to generation. And the song of Moses said, if you don't listen to God, and I'm not getting a word for word, these are the things that's going to happen. And what is it that we have to listen to today but the song of Moses? If we have the opportunity of the song of Moses, as it were, just bear with me, in our hands and, and the books and all of these things, what is it? Is it a prophet crying out, telling us what we need to do, pointing us to the promise? All right, and as we see these things occurring, the, Moses had not been forgotten, and that song of Moses, just go and read it sometime. I know you have, but read the song of Moses and read what God did through him to tell him what they were going to do. Moses was called to bring him out, Joshua to take him in. Uh, Jesus was calling out a people. It's important for me to go, right? The Holy Spirit had to come to bring them in. William Branham's cry, what was it? Come out of her. Come out of what? The horse system. There must be a Holy Spirit to take us into that full restored word. It's not just a one-man ministry, but it's a body. 
a decrease to increase. You see this through the scriptures in type, a, a greater or furtherance of the act. We're not diminishing, Brother Branham, but we're continuing the message. We're continuing that power. Elijah to Elisha, John to Jesus, and Jesus to that Holy Spirit. Not two separate persons, right? But it's a furtherance. It's a greater act because he is now spread upon us as a body. So we see the Joshua Commission called for his men to spy out the land. So what is that type? The word is now sent to the land. Ministry sent to the land to spy it out. And in steps a harlot. And I'm, maybe, maybe they did You know, the Bible doesn't say that they were to look for a harlot. They were just sent to spy the land. And it's amazing what this harlot already knows. She does not realize... That what she knows. And let's just say something. These men were not weakling men. They were soldiers. They were, can I just say, they were the best of the best. I don't know what you call the army rangers, the, the raiders, the navy seals. Or, uh, you can call it whatever you want. They were the, Joshua just didn't send out some weakling men. They were the best. But who did the talking? She, this is something that, uh, that uh, as I was listening, that Brother, uh, Brother Biscal said, and it just jumped out at me. Said, uh, uh, how did, she knew already what to do with the word. Being a harlot. Having no training. Well, that's why, that's why it kind of bothers me whenever we think we need message seminaries to become a message believer. She believed a message she had never seen. We've heard these things. And when the soldiers themselves came, when the word came forth, she already knew how to handle the word. How did she know? But she told them where to hide. This is what you do. They came looking and she went into divine action. What are you waiting on a preacher to tell you what to do? She didn't, oh, should I go, should I do this, should I? No, she already had something inside. She didn't even know what she had. Come on, brothers and sisters. I don't, I'm trying to bring you back to something here. You remember what it was like for the first time coming into a message church or maybe even sitting on a bar stool or probably coming to a message church for the first time. And you've been in a message church your whole time, but you showed up for the first time. I've been in message church for 10 years, but when did you show up? You remember that whatever, whatever position you were and the word of God was being preached and something inside was saying, amen. How? How did you know something inside was saying, you got to protect this. There's something into this. But you are a harlot. You are in sin. You are in all of these things. Hallelujah. You hadn't yet received that salvation as it were. You were still living in Jericho. Oh my, but she went into divine action. Look, she, wasn't, she was looking to save herself, but it had to be divine intervention. Brother Branham said in Perseverance, he says, remember, she had never seen a miracle. She was a Gentile, but she had faith. She, she was something like the harlot Rahab. She said to the spies, now she didn't see, wait till I see how Joshua combs his hair. Well, well, how does your generals look like? Or what kind of swords do they use? What instruments have you got? What kind of warfare? I want to kind of see what kind of preachers you have. 
Let me see what kind of music. We got people so much worried about the kind of music or the type of, well, they better have an a, a electric piano or this piano. They better not have a guitar. Oh, I better not say that now. It's up here on the platform. Get the drums off of the platform. What are we looking at? What kind of hair does he have? Is he a young man? Is he an old man? Is he this? No, she did not say those things, but there was something inside of her heart that said, I have heard this and I am believing and my heart is melting. I don't, you come to a message church all your life and your heart is as hard as a rock. I say tonight, Lord, melt our hearts. Well, if God shows me a pillar of fire, Lord, let me just hear the word and let my heart just melt. You can see all the, there's a lot of people that seen a pillar of fire that didn't make it across the Jordan. What kind of warfare? No, she didn't say those. She said, I have heard that God is with you. That's good enough for me. I want mercy. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. She already possessed that faith. She possessed the wisdom to handle the word. It didn't take the land on of hands to, put, to get extra faith. She already possessed the faith. It just took that moment, an intersection of time to come together. She had already possessed that faith from a child, but it come to that one moment. Look at something else that she possessed. Joshua 2.18 says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. Are you still here tonight? It says, hold, Brother Brown says, hold the token of your unmovable faith in his promise and watch him go. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, see, take that token. That's what it's for. Satan is there to tempt you. He was in Egypt to tempt. He says, why, well, you know, the day when Rahab put that, that, that harlot, that harlot put that string down, that string, I imagine some of them soldiers laughed and made fun and said, that crazy old woman up there. She's off her head. Look, uh, she's off her head. Look, her got it in there. Ha, 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 why did you ever hear of such? And that's what they're saying right now with all of this uh, <clears throat> Pentecostal stuff going on. <laughs> hey, listen, folks, this is not a fad. If you're just doing this because everyone else is, you're in the wrong church. No, this is real. This is something that is real, and I'm not just excited. Yeah, I'm okay to get excited because you're excited, but I'm also excited because God's done something for me. Amen. All right, so let them make fun all they want. Let them make fun of that scarlet. But she, listen, she had already had the token in her life. It was just time to display it. Why was her faith important? It was important that she had faith. That very thing was already there. Listen, this lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Amen. The plan was already written. When we come to God, that's not the... God did not... Oh, I can't believe Brother Stephen came to the altar and gave his life. Oh, my goodness. I just... Look at these angels. Look, angels, look at this guy. I, I would have never dreamed. No, he knows everyone and he won't lose a one. It just became time for that token to be displayed. All right, so why was her faith important? Now, notice a couple of points, and this was also a question of the, that the early church fathers brought forth. It says, now really listen to this. One says that Rahab could have said to herself, and how can they that are captives, exiles, refugees, and live the life of vagabond tribes get the better of us? 
who have a city, walls, and towers. As a matter of fact, these were indeed the types of questions which were asked by the forefathers of the spies. When they saw the tall men, they questioned the manner of victory and eventually all of them perished without battle or array. They didn't even get to the battle, Brother Timothy, and they died. Why? Now, Rahab could have said that, but she did not. She had faith. And if Rahab managed to believe, catch this, she hadn't been in a message church. She hadn't seen the pillar of fire. She hadn't seen cancer come off. She hadn't seen any of these things. No, she wasn't a part of some big revival. (laughs) Hallelujah. No. What it was, if Rahab managed to believe, it is a disgrace for us to appear to be more faithless than a harlot. I want you to see something else from the early fathers. They They also said that Rahab was not only an example because of her faith, but there was also prophecy in the woman. How remarkable is this that not only is there faith in her, but prophecy. A harlot with prophecy. While we were yet sinners, in us lied prophecy. The divine thoughts of God waiting to be made manifest. While everyone else in the church was saying, oh, they're too far. Oh, they, 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 how many times have they been in and out? How many times have they done this? And you're sitting on a bar stool and you're drinking that liquor and you're doing, or maybe you're watching what you shouldn't be watching. You remember those times. Brother and sister, I'm not trying to point out the bad. I'm trying to remind you where you came from. But in those times when Satan was saying, you're nothing, you're lost, you're a failure, you've heard the message, you rejected it, in you lied prophecy. You're sitting here tonight not because of any man, but because there was prophecy, the thoughts of God had to start projecting. And there she was, a harlot, and she had prophecy inside of her, the divine thoughts of God waiting for that moment. That's why we should be respectful of others, because you don't know who's packing prophecy. I'm packing prophecy. There's one. Hey, anyone else packing prophecy tonight? I'm not lifting you up, and I'm not lifting myself up. But let me just say, sometimes you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. All right. Now, she was not a prophetess, but she served as a prophetess when she put out that scarlet thread. And as the spies were a type of messengers from God, she also knew of the oncoming judgment. So now, so she now becomes part of the mystery She's still named a harlot. And she becomes a part of the mystery of what's fixing to come. Judgment is coming. Now notice, she knows that judgment's coming and she desired to be saved from judgment. Right? And she not only did she desire for herself, but she desired for her family. But she didn't run out and tell Jericho what was coming, or at least it's not written in Scripture. But she held it dear to herself and brought in her family and those that would receive it. I'm not saying that she didn't tell others. No, when God opens the door, you tell him, judgment is coming. But you within you holds the mystery. There, was a, there she was, a part of, you see, we sometimes think it's all in the ministry. It's all in the prophet. But there she was, a part of the word. She had the revealed word inside of her life, and it was hers to lose. 
They said if you don't follow, it's, you know, we're, we're not going to be held responsible. So it's yours to lose. You hold the mystery. You in your hands have the mystery. Judgment is coming. Now let's talk about this. We see her salvation from Jericho, right? Because you know the story. She did all of these things. And just trying to move through this in time. She do, she, uh, she's freed from Jericho. Jericho comes down and the walls fall and you know the story. And we see her salvation from Jericho, but where do we see her purity? Or cleansing come? Now you've got to be thankful for salvation. It's all right to have a good, clean life. Brother, Brother Tim hit that a little bit Sunday morning. And he said, you know, we're not just here to have a good marriage. You know, we're not just here to, to, you know, to stop the drinking. And oh, that's good things. That's all a part of it. I want to be able to trust you with my wallet. I understand that. But that's, there's more to this. So, you see, she was still a Gentile. And even though she was saved from Jericho, technically she could have just went her own way. Because she was not Israel. You see, today we're a mixed crowd, right? What do you call it? Melting pot? Is that the word you would use? Just everybody comes together? But you see, if you're not Israel, you're not Israel. So where comes, where comes her purity? Thank God she was saved. But what good was that if she just went back to another city and did the same thing? See, James 2.24 says, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out their way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So we see her justification, but wherein lies her oneness? Again, let's go back to this. Then the head and body are becoming one in works, sign, and life. Vindicated by God Himself through His promised word. You might be sitting here tonight and have salvation. You might be justified. Now, I believe that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it all comes together. I don't, I, I, you just have to forgive me. I don't believe that you have to come and be justified for two years before you can then go to sanctification and then you have to wait another couple years and then go. No, I believe when God does something, He does it right then and there. And it can clean your life up. I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But we see here that salvation. Thank God for salvation. Thank God He pulled you from the bar. Thank God He pulled you from pornography. Thank God He pulled you from, you know, whatever, all of these things that were in your life. But yet, are you still separated? Marriage points to redemption. Brother Brandon says, My father has given them to me, uh, and, and uh, trying to do God a service without being his will, my father has given them to me before the foundation of the world. When the plans were all drawn up, uh, drawn up as so, Jesus was given his church, his bride. The bogus marriage of the world to these denominations. You came and died into the world. You redeemed her. You justified her. She never did it at the first place. She was trapped into it. She was blind. So aren't you thankful that God came and He took those things from you? So now let's look at the beginning, starting with Adam and Eve. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Now, I'm not going to say, it's not just talking about having a bunch of children, folks. If that was the case, uh, you'd really have a big church, Brother Tim. But there's something into this. And I'm not diving deep into these things, so just, we're just kind of grazing over it. 
Herein lies the mystery. They receive seed, not just speaking of a natural birthing of children, but something had to occur. You see, again, let's go back to Rahab. If she had not, if she would have just been saved from Jericho, Brother Tim, she would have been separated. She's still not a part of the family. So as we look into what Brother Branham says, says, now Eve should have been burned along with the serpent. That's pretty powerful for their awful deed. But Adam intervened, taking her quickly to himself so that she was saved. So what did he do? He took her as his wife. By doing this, she was preserved. Now notice this quote and portion. There's three. Adam, Christ, God. The reason that Adam bride never did bear right the life child is because she disbelieved God's word. The reason that Jehovah's wife was put away or his bride was because she rejected God's word, the prophet. That's right. The reason that Christ's bride is put away in divorcement is because that she rejected the word of God like Eve did, like the rest of them did. Exactly. All whores, all polluted, their husbands couldn't get to them. They were already pregnated for their husbands got to them. Oh God, he says, if that ain't a pitiful sight, think of a young man coming to a woman and find her with seed of some other man. What a thing. That's what God has done. That's what Adam done. That's what Christ has done. But the Spirit of God on Adam would not let her go. Mercy said no. How many knows the song? I'm not going to let you go. You see, that's the love of God. Mercy had already had a plan. I will put enmity between her seed and the serpent's prophecy coming of of the coming Christ. So we see these things. Adam had to go quickly, had to bring her to himself. Why? She had already been pregnated with, I just put this, with Antichrist, with disbelieving the word of God. But he said, I'm not going to let you go. And you have to take this yourself. It's not enough just to be saved. It's not enough just to be a clean life. You're still separated. You've got to be taken in marriage. You've got to be married to Jesus Christ. So we see the scripture being full of types of that which, for one, God takes that which has become the lowest and brings them back to purity. And for two, that which is not a part and grafts them in. Notice the type of Moses with the Ethiopian, with his Ethiopian wife, found in Numbers. What is it? They made fun because she was not of their blood. In respects, Brother Branham speaks of this and how they made fun of this because it was not the way. Think of it. Moses, the word prophet, took a bride that was not even part of the elected he was prophet over. (laughs) Oh, you take it as you want, brothers and sisters. But I see myself in this. Through the word, she was made part of the people. It was Moses. Listen, it was Moses that instructed how to marry. And him taking an outcast. Where are you at today? Did you think you were just born into this and all oh, praise God? I, I, what is it? Silver spoon, gold spoon. It's mine. It's all mine. No, you had to have the mercy of God 
through the word, she was made part of the people through that word. Now, hey, again, as I just said, we're mixed. But if you were not Israel, you were a heathen. And she became Israel by her union with the word. Not because she agreed with him. Not because she said, I love you, Moses. But because she took that word, that seed, she was preserved. She was cleansed. I'm trying to bring this to an understanding here. Not just because you're a good person, you become the bride of Christ. Not just because you say, I love you, and then go back out and do the same things and play the harlot. No, there's got to be a change involved. There's got to be a moment beyond the veil. There's got to be one night with the king. Hallelujah. She became Israel. You become that one. You become Mrs. Christ, Mrs. Jesus Christ by your union with the Word, not just because you say, oh, I, there's a lot of people that agree with this. They know this forwards and backwards, but you got to fall in love with it. No, but she took that. It, she was preserved, preserved. She was cleansed. As we talked about the grafted at the end, we're not going to read it in Romans 11. And in, go back to this, and in the genealogy, we read this. Let's go back to Rahab. Because Rahab, oh, what a story. Yes, thank God she, she had salvation. Thank God she was no longer as it was that harlot. She was no longer living that life, but she had to have more than salvation. She didn't want to go find another Jericho. She didn't want to go find another bar. She didn't want to go find another man. She wanted to go in and be preserved in the union with Israel. And in this Matthew 1, 5, and Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab. How do you go from, from being an outcast to being a part of the genealogy as it were being spoken because you are now preserved through marriage? Her faith in a God she did not see brought forth salvation for her and then not only did she receive salvation, she was preserved as the elect by her marriage and union and receiving that seed. How important it is for us to see how much He loves us. Think about it, because I don't know about you, but I'm sure, well, maybe, let me, I don't know about you. Y'all guys are probably a bunch of angels. Maybe I should go have a talk with Brother Tim to find out. No, I don't want to know. We all needed God. And the Scripture tells us of time and time again, and we see the times. Think of Hosea chapter 1. In Hosea chapter 1, you see this. We find God had, a, had had enough again. And, and He told His prophet to take a wife of whoredom and children of whoredom. Hosea 1-2 says, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom and departing from the Lord. He had three children. A son, a daughter, and a son. A son, Jezreel. Which means God will sow. God, it's God that sows. It's God that's in control. Then he had a daughter. Lo, forgive me if I don't say it right, but Lo Ruama. Which means no mercy. And then a son, Lo Ami. Not my people. Let that sink in for a moment. I think God was serious. 
Can I say that he was heartbroken? Let me just be human tonight. He loves his people. But he was rejected. And he had finally had enough. You go take that harlot. You have children and they're going to have a name that's going to tell them that I'm the one that's in control. I'm the one that sows. I'm the one. But they're also going to have another child and that other child's going to mean no mercy. I'm a God that's not going to give you any mercy. And then they're going to have a son and that son's name's going to mean you're not my people. Oh, let's serve that God. No, he was serious. But then you go to Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her unto the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. I will give her her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt and it shall be at that day saith the Lord that thou shalt call me Ishi and shalt call me no more Bali say what is this what are you saying this moment God goes from no mercy not my people to then showing part of him I will allure her now. I'm not going to leave you in those harlot, those, those, that system. I'm not going to leave you on a bar stool. I'm not going to leave you a rejected people. I am going to call you. You are now going to change what you call me. You are no longer going to call me Bali, which is master. But you are going to now call me Ishi, which is my husband. You see, too, too many times, you, you can, the, the, I think the problem with religion is it's, it's all master, master. Religion is master, master. Oh, it's, we can't do this, we can't do that. And it's all about, uh, you know, sitting up straight. It's all about doing the right things, wearing this, and I, I'm not getting rid of that. But it's law, law, law. Go back to Israel, law, law, law. But he said, you're no longer just going to call me master. You're no longer just going to come up like a little child and say, I did wrong. Whoop me, Father. You're no longer just going to come to church and say, I was wrong. I deserve nothing. But I'm going to allure you. And I'm going to speak to you and you alone. I'm going to pull you from that. And you're going to call me Ishi. You're going to call me husband. You're changing. You're no longer just salvation. But you've got to come in and recognize that he wants you as his wife. And that will preserve you. That brings you. That will take away the desires from the things of the world. That you will no longer be an outcast. It's not because a church accepts you. Because a prophet accepts you. It's because God accepted you before the foundation of the world. You gotta realize that. You've gotta to come to an understanding. I'm no longer that Jericho harlot. I am that my name has been changed. You, you, they can say you were the harlot, I was the harlot, but now I'm Israel. My name is in the genealogy, and Satan can't remove it. I'm not just here just to be a good person. Just to shout because everyone's shouting. But I'm shouting because he is Ishi. Mm. 
Oh, brothers and sisters, there must be a union tonight. He said you played the harlot, but I will still take you. Yeah, I'm not going to even point it at you. I played the harlot. I was raised in a message church. I cut my teeth on baptism of the Holy Ghost. I cut my teeth on the word of God being preached and I sit there cold, dead and hard with no life. I didn't deserve it. I thought of other things. I thought of this. But one day, I heard the call and he allured me from that cold, dead position. And he began to speak those things in my ears. He said, you will no longer look at me as just a master. But you are looking at me as your husband. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, allure us tonight, Lord. Take us from those positions. I must be in union with you. I will, he will be your husband. He, will, he wants to preserve you tonight. We have a few more minutes, I pray. He allured you from the denominations, from religion. Let me ask you this. Did it weaken in any way the prophet for taking the harlot? Was Moses diminished by taking the Ethiopian? Was Salmon diminished by taking Rahab? Was Hosea diminished by taking the harlot? Was Boaz diminished? Was Adam diminished? I ask you, was Christ diminished? Who had the greater effect? When Rahab met that, that, uh, that husband of hers... She didn't have the effect. He had the effect. When Adam took that wife, when Adam took Adam for her, she didn't have the effect. He had the effect. She was preserved. And when Christ on that cross took you, it did not affect Him. It did not make Him weaker. No, He just took you to Himself and you were affected. It changed your life. They had to leave father and mother. Listen, tradition was thrown out the door to, th to show that no matter how lower degraded she had become, she could still be preserved in union. I don't care who you are, what you've done. Let me just say tradition has been thrown out the door. I don't care how low you are, whatever position you're in. You can be changed, but you've got to come in union. You've got to come and you, that's the only way for preservation. That's the only way for a rapture, folks. It's not just saying I no longer do those things out there. I'm not just shouting because I don't do those things out there. I'm shouting because I'm His. And there's not one thing Satan can do about that. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For He hath made Him to be sin for us. Take that for yourself who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You tell me Christ was diminished. I say no. <laughs> Take that, devil. This did not diminish Christ in any way, but brought us our redemption. But folks, let me just say something to you. There's even more than this. Thanks be to God we have salvation. Thanks be to God that we are preserved. Hallelujah. But there's more than this. Now again, anything less than marriage will bring no redemption. You must receive His Word. You must receive that seed. Anything you reject of this Word, you reject your, your part. Right? Again, I'm going to say it. Then the head and body are becoming one in works, in sign, 
and in life. See, by union, you're cleansed. You see, this is no more mystery, but the elect lady, by grace, has now proved herself in the consummation. Christ, the mystery of God, revealed. God is known by simplicity and, the, and of revelation of Jesus Christ to the most illiterate person. Not your theology. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I'll build my church. No other rock's accepted. No other thing accepted. No other Roman rock. No other Protestant rock. No other school. No other nothing. But on exactly the revelation of Jesus Christ through the new birth. He borns in there. Listen, this is it. And he injects his own life. And your life is gone. And then the life of Christ is projecting itself through you with the preeminences to the people that they see the very life, he says it again, and works and signs and wonders that he did is doing the same thing through you. He's not one to just do it through one prophet. Now, thank God for the prophet. Thank God for an Eliezer. But Rebecca has to have her moment. You see, work, signs, and life, something must come to life. You say tonight, I'm a great person. Well, listen to this quote. Those priests had Jesus beat a million miles when it comes to the fruits of the Spirit. Chew on that a moment. Gentle, peaceful, meek, lowly. He tore up churches. Kicked them over and tore the people out, called them snakes in the grass and everything. But he was the word. He was that word. Believe God. God is the word. So you cannot, listen, you cannot out-religious a religious person. And I don't know what we're here for. But I guarantee if, if, I, if I come across, y'all might love it. But if, you, if I come across a religious person, I'm walking away. I don't want to waste my time with them. Unless God says otherwise. Because you can't out-religious them. No, Jesus didn't even mess with him. He said his peace and was done. You cannot, so we're back to square one. Oh, thank God, I'm doing good, I'm doing this. And we're back to square one. It's not enough just to show love, meekness, and temperance. We have to become one with the word for the hour. Salvation has its place. Without it, you can't even get to union. Union is of utmost necessary. There must be a marriage, but is there more? Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority... The people rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Now we know the story of Rebecca, right? The amazing journey and the living and living prophecy. How many remembers the story? So let's get to the point of decision. It was now time to be called out. We've seen all that God had done through Eliezer. Come to this part where I'm just going to kind of throw some scripture here. It says, And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days at, at the least ten. And after that, she shall go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not. What does that word mean? Delay me not. There's got to come a time where there's delay no more. Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. There shall be delay no more. Because now is time of revealing and vindication. The final elect woman must come in contact with her beloved. And they said, we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. I'm asking you, what do you want to be here for? And they called Rebecca and said unto her, wilt thou go with this man? 
Will you leave your families, churches, cities, etc.? Oh, let me go have some counsel session with my, with my theologian and see. No. What does the Bible say? Oh, you're not with me because I didn't tell you. But you know, I will go. Amen. There was no question. I will go. Amen. She had never seen him. I will go. Her acceptance now made her Isaac's uh, bride or wife-to-be. Now the word bride means a woman to be married or just married. That bride is giddy inside. You ever seen a, you know, a new bride? I hope they're giddy inside. I hope they're excited. Let's just bear with the normality of it. She's giddy inside, but there's no real sense of responsibility yet. I'm not putting you down. It's just common. Just accepting it. But greater chains are coming. Changes are coming. She has now left her family. She is on her way. Now there's no view. <laughs> there's no FaceTime. It's just faith time. Oh, let me, let, me see, let me see how many pictures of them I can see. No, Eliezer, tell me more. How many has ever heard the song? Eliezer, tell me. I want to know more about them. It's only faith. Look at this. And Brother Bram says, And Rebecca, as soon as she heard of Isaac, there was something in her that pulled her straight to him. Though she hadn't seen him or nothing, she yet wanted to go by her, own, by her own choice away from mother or brother. And today, if that light of God, the Holy Spirit, ever strikes a predestinated seed whose name was put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world, the Bible says that, the light will shine. You can preach to some, and it seems like it's just like water on a duck's back. But let it once strike that seed. And watch what happens quickly. Something is there right. Why? It's a predestinated seed coming forth. It's got to come. And when that light, the gospel strikes it, they get it. The rest of them will get up and walk away. It's not for them. She followed the messenger. And he was to point her to the husband. It's not enough just to be the bride. Listen, I, I want to go back. Did not she receive gifts while she was still at home? I'm giving you gifts. And not only did she receive the gifts, but her family as well received gifts. Well, listen, I never found out, brother, that when she went to see her, uh, Isaac, that she left the gifts behind. No, she took them with her. But you see, it wasn't enough just to have the gifts. It wasn't enough just to say, I'm excited to be his bride. She had to become his wife. She had to come to that consummation. And when the Bible talks about it, when she's seen, I believe, afar off, she got off of the camel and ran to him. There was no, okay, let's talk about this. No, let, she, there was something inside of her. And when that word struck your heart, you didn't have to think about it. Something in here said amen. And when you seen that word for the first time, you ran right for it. And there was no devil in hell. There was no past. There was nothing that was going to stop you from that moment with your Isaac. She's now wife. The consummation had occurred. Wife is a female partner in a marriage. She now becomes his helpmeet. They, they are one with him being the head. She has the checkbook. Yes, husbands. She has the gifts. She has his name. So we see the growth of this woman. Don't worry, we're coming to a close shortly. She goes from just a simple woman 
doing her daily things to now being, as it, can I just say, Mrs. Isaac. She then, by accepting his call, becomes bride to become one with him as his wife in the consummation, proving that she accepted him. When you become one with Christ, with that word, you are proving that you are accepting him. You, that word, you, there's nothing that can take you away from it. This is where I will be. I don't care about my past. I was called. This is it. Bride, a woman about to be married. Wife, a female partner in marriage. But to the true woman, something is still missing. To the true woman, something is still missing. Genesis chapter 25, 20 through 21. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel the Syrian of uh, Penaram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. This struck me. To be the wife of Isaac. Hallelujah. Salvation, purity, the wife of Christ, but to be barren. Even in union, she wasn't intended to be barren. You know, Brother Branham talked about that, that generation that was more concerned about the puppies or dogs than having children. They didn't care. But to that true woman, she didn't desire to be barren. If there's a woman here, a true, true woman here tonight that's married and you don't have a child, your desire is to have a child. You do not desire to be barren. And this struck my heart because we've always talked so often about the, to that moment of consummation, to that moment where she becomes the bride, but we forget to look back. She was barren. And Isaac entreated the Lord. You say, oh, it's enough just to come to church as long as I make a rapture. Oh, as I want to make it by the skin of my teeth. No. Inside of every true woman. Take this in spirit now. You want to produce life. Even in union, even being the bride of Christ, you're not intended to be a barren church member. 2 Peter 1, 4, whereby are giving unto us great and unto exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. What does that word nature mean? Thayer said is birth. The divine birth having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this giving all diligence. Are you with me now? I'm coming up to a close. I want you to really catch this. Add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, and to godliness, brother kind, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. Oh, somebody else has it. Somebody else has that gift. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will take care of this. Somebody else can have the smile. I'm just going to come to church and just sit in my little comfortable spot. And, you know, I'm just so glad to be a part of the bride. And I'm not going to, you know, no. Inside of you is a desire to produce life. You look at Hannah. Listen, she was loved. Did not the Bible say she was loved? Yet she had not brought forth a manifestation of his seed. She had the gifts. She had double portion. But she had yet 
to become a mother. Now, don't, don't leave me yet. Hannah went into desperations. I want more than the gifts. I'm not saying getting rid of them. I want more. Can I just allow me to go this? I want more than the books. I want more than just a good Wednesday night service. I want to manifest that word in my life. She did not throw the gifts away. She did not throw her husband away. But she desired to be more than a church member. She desired to just say, oh, I just, I'm just going to sit here and wait for a rapture. But she loved her husband so much, she wanted to bring forth that life. A bride, a woman, almost married or just married, a wife, a female partner in marriage. I bear his name. But a woman is a mother in authority to produce or to give birth. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. She now, that definition of mother, is a woman in authority. You say, I don't know where you're going. Just do the best you can. She bears his word and has authority over that vindicated seed from her womb. You ever seen Mama Bear? You all know what I'm talking about. Don't mess with my children. You know, you, you, you step on, you, you can mess with my flowers, you can mess with my garden, and some people are pretty high on that. But don't you mess with my children. Mama Bear comes out. They can have the Holy Ghost, and Mama Bear's like ready to pounce on you. They protect their children because it comes from them. It was from their womb. It was life that came from them, and they protect it. Listen, I'm excited in church when I see people rejoicing. You know, you ever seen a, uh, you know, you remember when, a, when a, a, at a birth, a time of birth, everybody comes around and there's rejoicing, Right? Here comes a child and birth had happened and everybody's rejoicing and they're excited about it. All things are great, but nothing like the mom and dad. You can't take that child away from that mom. It is now, and she has authority. It's her child. She had, listen, you, I don't have, my wife could come up here and she don't have no authority over your child. And you would tell her. You ever seen that? Don't you talk to my child that way. None of y'all, y'all have seen it, thank goodness, I'm not alone. Don't you talk to my child that way. Don't you mess with my child. You'll hold my hand, little girl. Let's go across the street, hold my hand. What, you're protecting that child, it's your child. But you know, you might, you might be okay with, you know, you might have some sort of sense of responsibility. And you know, you might try to protect another child. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's not your child. And you just kind of let it go. I see people that way in church. You know, they kind of get joy for a little bit because they see the excitement of another birth. But when you produce that life, and old Satan comes around and tries to take that joy from you, old mama bear says, you ain't taking my joy. I have authority over that. It's not just Brother Tim's joy, it's mine. 
It's not just, it's not just my uh, uh, happiness or whatever you want to call it. It's not, just, uh, uh, it's not just your word. It's my word. It's my child. Satan, you cannot take away. You have to get authority. And the only way you can have that true authority is by letting life come from you. It's got to come. I'm excited about your authority, but I need to have authority over myself. Other than that, you're going to come Wednesday and you're going to get a little happiness and joy. But before you even leave the church, you're spinning your tires because the joy done gone. But other than that, we need to know if there's some mama bears here tonight who said, Satan, you cannot rob my joy. You cannot rob my peace. You cannot have the word you could, that God has given to me. This is my word. This is my day. This is my time for victory. This is my life, and you cannot take it from me. I'm, no, I'm not just the bride. I no, just did not take his name, but now I have produced his life. He injected his seed into me, and we have brought forth life tonight. It's not just the, the ministry of one man, but it is the ministry of the bride of Jesus Christ. No longer a lady in waiting, but the bride has become wife and has now conceived the word. And she has now become mother. And she has authority over that seed that God's given her. But you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What? Authority over. You don't have authority over God. No, but you have authority over that word that he's given you. And quit letting Satan have it. Let me ask you parents. Do you love your kids? Do you love I'm talking natural. You love your kids? You let somebody come in here and try to take your kids from you? Oh, you know, they'll just, they'll, they'll figure it out. No, you won't. If you gun toting and carriers, you, you'll use that gun or you'll use these guns or whatever you'll use to do whatever you can. And you'll use your purse. That's why the purses used to be so big, Brother Tim. It wasn't because it had a lot of stuff in it. It was a weapon back in the day. I'm going to tell you what, we need to have some spiritual weapons. When Satan comes in and tries to rob that, that, that gift that God has given me, that seed, that, that word that he's given me, it's time that we use it. What did he say? Rebecca, your Isaac has prayed for you. And you will produce. Quit just being a church member. And be someone that will produce life. Someone that will pray. Someone that will get on their knees and say, God, someone else needs to produce life. Your Isaac has prayed for you. Let go of those worries. Listen to this. The power of a mother. You haven't slapped me on the back yet. I don't, I don't even know where we're at. The power of mothers is a fertile theme for contemplation of one, one of most fascinating. And it has been said that the greatest moral power in the world is that exercised by a mother over her child. Can you name any force which, would, which you could dare equal with? Is it not true, as Douglas Gerald put it, that she who rocks the cradle rules the world? John Quincy Adams, Dallas gave entrance to the sober truth when he said, All I am or ever have been in the world I owe under God to my mother. And there is no flower in all the field that owes as, that owes as much to the sun as a multitude in these lesser walks of life owe to their mothers. The glory of motherhood has been strikingly set forth by some who said God could not be everywhere and therefore he made mothers. I'm just reading what they said. Don't you just, I want you to understand the spiritual aspect of this. Who are you tonight? Oh, I'm just thankful for salvation. No. Beat that spirit. Oh, God, I want more than just to say I'm the wife. I want to produce your word. And we were told that we would. 
Theirs is the post of honor in the world. They sit upon thrones, most regal scepters of unbounded empire in their hands. O mothers, realize the proud eminence that you have attained. Aim to meet well the immense responsibilities. It's limitless possibilities. Your children are in a large degree at your disposal. Proverbs 31, 28, her children arise, come to light up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. From salvation to cleansing to authority. I'm not letting Satan take him what God allowed me to birth. Other than that, if you didn't birth it, you don't care. You'll jump and shout and be happy because of this. But no, once you give, bring forth that life. Oh, Rahab, you're no longer the harlot. You have been saved from destruction, right? What did he say for us to do in the end? Musicians come. What did he say? He said, thou must prophesy again. Do what? You're bringing forth that same life. Would you allow me to say that? You're not bringing in something new. No, you're, you're not bringing in something new. No, it's, it becomes yours. And that means no one can take it away from you. Right. Now, now, I understand that some of you don't understand this because you're not a true mother, especially us guys. We don't fully understand, and I pray that God would open this up to you, that there has to be an understanding of authority. And when that is yours, when that is yours, you will not let it go anymore. Amen. He gave you authority over those things in your life. You have the authority over that joy. Why do you keep letting it go? He gave you, so let's bow our heads now. This is my story. What is my story? I was there one day in Jericho. I received that salvation by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I was preserved by union. I came in, I accepted that word. It became my very life. It became the very breath that I would breathe. I, I was no longer separated. I became one by union of marriage. It was great, awesome that Rebecca made it. But yet she had to bring forth life. That was what was in her. Lord, tonight is there someone, Lord, that needs to bring life. Maybe someone is still on the, on the, as it were, on the wall of Jericho. They've heard these things, but Father, they don't know where to go or what to do. Lord, now is that time of intersection where the word has come forth and let it strike that seed. Oh God, let us come to that union this evening. Let us find that authority. Could you play that song for us again? Jesus, you are. I asked our sister to sing that song one night with the king. Where are you at tonight? I don't want you to come up in tradition tonight. I, I believe that God could even meet you where you're at. But where are you? in your walk with God. From Sunday to now, how easy do we find ourselves falling into the pit of despair and lost, questioning, is this it or is this that? Or maybe we have been in church for so long and we, we know that we're, we, we believe that we're rapture, we, 
we're, we're, we're waiting, but we just feel like we're missing something. And tonight, say, that's what it is. I, I don't feel like I've, I've really birthed, as it were, brought forth those things. I, I've been excited in church because I've seen this one receive their victory and this one, but I, I still find myself walking out and just feeling empty inside, even though I don't want the world, I don't desire the world. I don't want to just make it, barely. I want to be so full of God till it hurts. I don't know where you fit tonight. But if you fit one of those, would you stand and I'll pray with you. Say, I fit one of those, Brother Jeremy. And I'm not looking around at anyone else. I don't care. I just know that one of those I'm fitting. And I just want to step out in faith. God sees your heart. Bless you. Just give you one more moment. Heavenly Father, you said in one day, one moment, you said, I will sow. Not my people. And then you come along and you said, but I will allure. Tonight I feel, Lord, that you are alluring these ones. You know what they need in their life, Father. I don't. But I pray, God, that as you've allured them by your voice, God, that they will recognize that it is now time for them to call you, Ishi. No one to no longer just look at this as the book of rules. Oh, I got to be a message believer. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, God, I want to love you with all of my heart. I don't do these things, Lord, because I have to. I do them because I love you, Lord. I don't do them because I don't want to get preached at on Sunday. I do it because I love you, Lord. It's not a law to me, it's a love. Oh, you are my issue. Speak to every heart, every believer, God, that has taken the stand tonight. Bless every woman, every sister, every man, every brother. Begin to deal with their hearts, Father, in a way that I cannot, Lord. Let them call upon your name from the depths of their soul and recognize from this point forward I'm stepping in one night with the King. And oh, how it has changed and will it change everything. Please don't let Satan come in right now and say, this is just another Wednesday night. This is your night with the King. Your moment of authority. And He is here for you. You are my comfort when I'm lonely. Let him be this. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my peace in times of trouble. You are the one who cares for me. You 
are the rock of my salvation. Would you worship Him? One I base my life upon. You are the one, the only cornerstone of my heart. Fall in love with Him. My bright and morning star. Oh, Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. Lift your hands now to him. Sing it. You are my comfort when I let him comfort you now. You were my strength when I am weak. You were my peace in time. He's Ishi now. You are the one who cares for me. You are the rock of my salvation. The one I base my life upon. You are the presence just sweep over you now. You know you need it. You are my peace in times of trouble. You are the one who cares for me. You are the rock of my salvation. The one I base my life upon. You are this just be a book of rules it becomes easy religion I'm doing my part I'm doing my part no if you don't fall in love with him you'll go back to another Jericho you'll find yourself on another wall fall in love with him tonight can we just take these last couple moments to say Lord I I don't need to reconsecrate myself maybe families maybe you need to reconsecrate your family tonight Let's pull close together in this, in this spirit tonight. Say, Lord, let's fall in love together. Push aside differences for a moment and worship Him in this. Hallelujah. Guess what was the best thing I've ever known? 
Oh, 